0: Hey, everybody. Just a quick note about this episode before you get started listening to it. Because the laptop we used to record this podcast died shortly after doing this episode, we lost one of the channels of audio and uh, didn't realize, unfortunately, until it was too late. Luckily, we had uh, another mic in the room that was picking up some of the room sound, and our friend Dylan of Thief managed to clean up this audio enough so it sounds, uh, at least Pat and Mark sound Sort of like they're on a Skype call. Unfortunately, uh, there's nothing we can really do to fix this right now. And so this is how it sounds. The information and insights and stories in this episode were well worth uh, putting up with a little dodgy quality. It's not up to our usual standards, but it's also not something we can recreate again easily. So this is what we've got. And thanks for listening.
1: Fuck my ass.
2: Oh.
1: Fuck my ass.
0: Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger. You're with my co-host Mike Conley. Hello. And in the studio today, we have skin crime. We have Patrick O'Neill and Mark
1: Jamison. What's up, guys? Hello. Hi. Well, this is super exciting for us. I think skin crime has been mentioned in every single podcast we've done. (laughs) I think at one point or another in every single episode, we have probably mentioned skin crime. So this is obviously a huge, exciting episode for us. So thanks for joining us, guys.
3: Thanks for having us.
1: And uh, what better album to pick then music should hurt.
0: Yeah. Not not technically an album, I guess, right? A compilation. Yeah, a compilation album. <laughs> so this is a compilation on Pat's label, Self Abuse, which, of course, you've also heard us mention plenty of times. And uh, from 1996, 16 tracks, uh, runs the gamut of great American and Japanese noise bands with one Italian and... Uh, one Brit thrown in <laughs> two
3: an evil moisture
1: what's the other what's oh the and quim Smell and quim, Good smell and quim. couple uh, so we got so you know Celebrates. it's an it's an international um extravaganza of 90s noise Pat what was it like putting together a compilation in in the 90s you 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 did many yes what was the process I mean I mean I always wonder that because mm-hmm. you know this is. Relatively well, pre email, maybe some people had email. None had email
0: back <laughs> in '96. Okay, there you
1: go. There's no email or
0: website or anything listed on this thing, of course. It's no,
1: so, so, list of addresses. So, this is all letter writing,
0: yes. Wow, how long did it take to put this together?
3: Um, I mean, some of these I would say everybody on this compilation I had been in contact with beforehand, mm. uh. I probably spent quite a bit of time putting it together and, you know, between writing to everybody, waiting for tracks, then figuring out what I was going to use and uh, track order and all that fun stuff.
0: Did you get extra material from people that didn't make it on the comp?
3: Yes. In fact, (laughs) there was actually supposed to be a second volume.
1: Oh really? And
3: when I edited it together I had edited together Volumes 1 and 2. The second one never came out. Wow. Partially because I felt at the time this came out compilations had kind of run their course. There was so many of them. It used to be you buy a compilation to discover a lot of newer bands, different stuff you hadn't heard and There was just so many of them i didn't really see the need to release like oh here's just another compilation
1: right so what happened with the second volume nothing well so it still it still technically exists though right you it's it's curated it's ordered it's everything yes well i think it might be
3: time i have been seriously considering it because i think it would be it would be more i think in some ways it would be more interesting now than it would have been twenty
1: three years ago. Yeah, I think it would. I think yeah. it would be huge now. There's no question. So, well, you heard it here first, guys. We'll see what happens. Were there people you asked to be on this one that didn't
0: uh, get material in on time or anything, or did this turn Most out?
3: Most likely, <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't say who off the top of my head. It's been so long, but you know, anytime putting together a compilation, is you send out numerous requests and hope enough people get back to you to actually fill it.
0: Yeah. Um, well, this one's full. This is like what, what sixty six minutes, seventy minutes. Yeah. In that room, so this is a it's a pretty damn full compilation.
1: Did you have? Did you give people time limits or not, not really? Spe- Most people just kind of knew. Yeah. No, not specifically.
0: Yeah. I probably said you know in the
3: five six minute range. Yeah. But I'm not gonna. No, this is thirty seconds over. We're gonna have to cut. Right. right. Use it or...
1: So it gets started in beautiful form with smell and quim. it's just gross <laughs> it is so <laughs> gross God it's they're one of the they're one of the greatest right it's the
3: perfect way to start a compilation if you get it in the mail you pop
1: it in your family and friends are whole it's <laughs>
0: <laughs> just a, a nasty
1: nasty porn sample and then right into just churning pure rotten smell and quim noise rotten is a word i have written
0: down here too it is just a nasty
1: piece of noise
0: (laughs) (laughs) sounds like garbage moving a bunch of garbage and
1: moaning all around (laughs) everything keeps swallowing each other it's just oh it's just gross kind of implodes at
0: a point everything starts kind of collapsing inwards and it's uh, it's... and i love the gong yeah yeah like
3: pulls it all together it does it really (laughs) does
1: and you worked with Smell and Quim. Uh, this wouldn't be the only time you would have worked with Smell and Quim. You did one of the classic seven inches. Yes. Pissed with drills of blood. Was that, what it did? when did, what was first? That was first, right, the seven inch? Before this? we again. Okay. I would believe so, but. Again, I will, I will also say that Pat did warn me that he is terrible at dates. So we may get a bunch of dates wrong. We may just, you know. Again, it's gonna be maybe some speculation send your corrections to Conley <laughs> um when did you first get in contact with him
3: I had been in contact with him very very early on mm-hmm. he's somebody I had traded with and bought stuff from as far back as I remember yeah I mean I was lucky enough like when the very first smell and quim album came out I bought boxes of them from him
0: Wow what a, what a day that must have been. <laughs> now, this, uh, we start with smelling and Quim, and then we head right over to Japan. There's plenty of Japanese noise on this, but...
3: I also intentionally, I don't know if you noticed, I mixed the Smell and Quim track slightly quieter than the rest of the CD, because I wanted it to, like, you know, that kind of lulls you into it. You adjust the volume yeah. that you want, and then you know, Merzbaugh comes from and it punches you in the gut. <laughs> it is
1: significantly louder. It's the
0: loudest, the track track's the loudest thing on the disc. It is just,
1: just brutally loud. <laughs> it's such a great classic mersbau track. Now, do you know, was this, are you aware of it, was this part of maybe the Green Wheels sessions or do you, are you aware of exactly when this was? No. Kind of. How, so you, so you worked with mersbau a couple times. Did uh, the white blue seven inch um the green wheels cd five inch how how was I guess I guess wh- what was the process of working with him
3: um I had contacted him earlier on I mean back back then you, you, anytime you could find an address you wrote to them because right. half of the time that's the only way you could get their stuff it there was a few places you could buy it but unless you contacted the ad you know the artist directly good luck right so actually the i think the first thing i actually did with him was he has a track on the sweet music cassette right which predates the white blue seven
1: inch oh wow cool and does the sweet music being a uh, a tape compilation uh, on self-abuse was does that does sweet music predate soundtrack for the end of the world yes. so soundtrack for the end of the world being the first self-abuse cd Yes. Yeah. So that's that's another legendary classic comp, a mandatory one, and sweet music as well. Um, so so like for example, so he so he just kind of sent you tracks as you asked for him, or like because because we were when we listened to Green Wheels um, months ago. Now at this point, um, we were kind of curious as to how exactly that was decided, what went on what what went on the CD, what went on the five inch, and even how it was packaged.
3: The original idea, which was his, was he wanted to do a CD and a 5-inch combination where the CD would be like black looking like a record Mm -hmm. and the 5-inch would be on silver vinyl (laughs) to look like a CD. Oh, wow. (laughs) Absurd. I love it. And I could be wrong, but mm. I think it was supposed to be in a metal packaging. Okay. Because I remember at one point I went around to a couple of the uh, metal shops and priced out how much, you know, a CD sized square of metal would be to get, you know, a couple thousand of those made with drill holes so I could just assemble it. Wow. Um, I found, wow. Coming up with you know researching package ideas, I found the plastic you know the vinyl boxes that it eventually came in. Sent him a sample, uh, and he loved it and redid the artwork completely.
0: Oh wow!
3: So like, which is what the finished artwork ended up being.
0: So there
1: was alternate artwork that's not what we've seen. Yes. Oh wow. Okay. Oh, that's so cool. And and were those were those vinyl boxes like? They seem like they're for like libraries or something like that.
3: Yeah, because yeah. I mean, back, that, you know, it used to be you could buy vinyl cassette boxes for all kinds of sizes to hold the tapes and the booklets and whatnot. Yeah, and It's the same with this. It was supposed to hold a CD and probably a thick booklet of something, but it was like the perfect size for the five-inch record and the booklet that came
1: with it everything else. I think it's just one of the classic noise packages. And even just being the CD in the 5-inch five, five is such a perfect noise format. It's such an absurd format. And it's it's perfect.
0: Was he sending you the... Did you get original art for that? Or was that sent as a... So like on a
1: disc that or was, something? No,
3: that was the, I've got the original paintings.
1: Oh, wow. wow. That's oh, so that's cool. very cool. Um, but this track is just so great. I mean, it's just... It's just mid '90s Murdaugh. He's got that synth,
0: and it is going. There's just layers upon layers of synth and and nasty static. It's great. Ah, oh, it's <laughs> so good. Classic '96 so
1: uh, Did you guys ever? Did you guys see Mersbau when he was in in the '90s when he would, did any of the U.S. shows?
3: Yeah, we played with him when he was uh when Relapse brought him and Masada over.
1: Oh wow! Which which shows I did you guys it. play?
2: i missed the show because Uh i was in uh living in texas at the time i did however patrick asked me to do a flyer for the show which there i will let patrick uh oh there's a little bit of a (laughs) yeah Uh oh patrick
3: was a nice flyer
2: of the masana's name being spelled slightly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) total mind fart on my part just yeah did (laughs) it say madonna (laughs)
1: <laughs> it might as well happen. So,
3: which show was that then we I think we did two shows with them we did one
1: in Boston and I think we also went to the played with them in New York as what, well. was the Boston show at Mama Kins yes the, the bar owned by, by Aerosmith yes now I had always heard that that Masana was slightly bummed that Joe Perry and Steven Tyler weren't at the show and uh, I think that would have been great if they were there. <laughs> um, but that's so cool. That's that's so cool. So two shows uh, on that tour. Wow. That's who was the lineup then? If if Mark couldn't make it, who was the lineup? You must have had Sean with you. Uh, yeah,
3: I believe it was uh, probably just Sean and
1: I. Okay. So it like you know so Skin Crime obviously you know Pat is the. The, nuke- the Nucleus, the uh, that's certainly not how you pronounce that word he is the center of the skin crime world and is always has a, a nice orbit around him uh mark being in my mind kind of being the the other main uh uh criminal in the band uh, but also of course chris Gujero has played is played in skin crime many a time yeah um actually the first time i saw you uh which was about a year and a half ago in new york chris was on board and that was an incredible set I noticed
0: uh, Sean and Mark are both thanked in the thanks list on this CD, too.
1: Yes. That's nice of you to thank Mark, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he screwed up on the flyer. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so we're sticking in Japan for the third track. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We got some K2, and that track was so wild. K2, to me, is one of the absolutely most unique artists uh of of noise he he really shows the potential of what metal work I just the the vast range that he works in with with his, metal his
3: mixing in like sense of dynamics is second to none that, in my opinion true. it's like it go it goes from loud to quiet to slow to fast to some of each at
0: the same time yeah and it's it's like psychedelic, but then harsh, and then you get these these weird washes. You get never really quiet moments, but it does. It, there is you know definitely volume dynamics and stuff. It's this one's just just really good, and the the stereo work on it is
1: insane. Yes, he definitely understands the panning. Yeah, and 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 he is just a varied artist. Uh, you know overall, I mean the the tape on band. Um, is like an ambient tape. You know what I mean? And and then, then you got The Rust, one of the all-time classic noise uh, albums. Then you got Iron Culture on self-abuse. Butterfly oh, Junk. So, so great. It's on What was that, Black Mead of or Belly Welcomes? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, when did you get in contact with K2? Again, kind of probably early on? Yeah. Because uh, he... I got in contact with him because
3: he... He was active in the 80s and then sort of dropped out. And then he came back with a CD. I don't remember the title, but it's the one with all the teeth.
1: I'm blanking on it myself. Yeah.
3: And uh, I, I, I actually think he might have contacted me.
1: Oh, but cool. I could, again, it's, it's been a while. So when did you start? Hang, hangman's orgasm predates skin crime, is that correct? Yes. And so when did when did that start? Roughly.
3: Early 90s. Okay, cool. I would guess. That's I what, mean, I had done stuff just fooling around before, but that was like the first Okay, I'm going to actually try to record something and release it right. as opposed to just messing around in my bedroom.
1: And what what were some of the What were some of the first things that led you to starting to do that?
3: Okay. So you guys on one of the previous podcasts, Mm -hmm. were talking about how the great thing about noise is people come from all kinds of backgrounds. And one of you
1: probably jokingly said people may, some people probably even get into noise through novelty comedy records. I I think that's, I I do remember, I don't actually don't remember if I said it or you said it, but I do remember someone saying that. And that's more or less how I got into it. Really? Yes.
3: (laughs) Wow. Yeah, wow. when, I, when I was very young, there was a guy named Dickie Goodman okay. who did uh, like cut-in interviews where like, he would play a reporter and he'd ask a question and then cut in a snippet of a song <laughs> for the answer. Really? And <laughs> that kind of inspired me to, I just we started making sound collages where I'd take just like odd sounds or record bits off of TV or sounds. You know, from Japanese horror movies or monster movies, buildings falling down, rewards, and just kind of like piece together sounds I liked into a tape to listen to.
1: Oh, that's so awesome! So that really—that was kind of your line in one of them, yes. Oh man, that's so cool!
0: Makes perfect sense that Emil Bolio is on this uh, compilation. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of info. What about uh-huh. you, Mark? When did you start working with noise? i i sort of
2: had a really crappy uh big black style ripoff band in high school started getting into that sort of stuff um we played numerous shows in boston with bills that i have no idea how we got on the bill uh we played with um Cop shoot cop. Oh, wow. We played with uh, just just a lot of good bands, and we were terrible. And I go back <laughs> and I look at some of the stuff, you know, VHS tapes that we have, and it's just you know I pity the people who had to sit through that crap. <laughs> but it, it came it came down to the fact that we recorded a um, a four track demo thing, and just at the end of it, I had some room, and I had the guitar just leaning up. And I just started messing with the pedals and I found that I could make an interesting thing Without really doing anything really using the guitar and then I just took the guitar out of the mix entirely and that's Sort of where that all
3: started <laughs> off, you know
1: When did you start uh, when did you start playing with Pat?
3: Um. Well, we had done shows together
1: not
2: playing together. Oh, really? Yeah, but... we played numerous times my old noise thing asm played alongside skin crime many times went to new york uh, at least once to play that gig gig at the pyramid with solid and uh oh great
1: intrinsic action at the time
2: yeah cool i think so um played with uh hydra and uh mangled clit. Mangled clit. Wow. Yes, wow. Sal. Sal. Yeah. Sal and Sal. <laughs> yes. And shout outs to Sal and Sal, wherever <laughs> you are. Those
1: boys are the best. Oh, that's so awesome, <laughs> man! Wow. So that's like early '90s, and then and then you guys just kind of, you guys, you know, obviously. I
3: think probably after the other half of ASM moved back to England, mm-hmm. so Mark is probably when Mark started joining us on occasion.
2: I don't think I ever played with you guys until. The haters tour, actually. I can't. I, I think you called me in you Texas.
3: The first. Did it, I think the first time you played with us was a few days before Paul was leaving. We did that. Yes. Show okay. With, you're, you're right. Your, you're right.
2: Your goal was to destroy all of your equipment. Oh, you're yeah.
3: correct. And it worked. <laughs>
2: Paul threw a beer at you as soon as we started. Nice, I, I, I do remember this now. <laughs> yep, perfect. And it just perfect. Middle, Middle East upstairs, Middle East upstairs. I forget oh, yeah. who else was on that bill, but you remember off the top of your head. I
3: remember right? up until the point where you tried to you started choking. Me oh, that, was, yeah, that was yeah, that was. You tried to introduce some of that.
2: Uh, uh, this sounds like a pretty old good school show. wrestling shit into the uh, thing. Yeah, king of yeah. the death match. Right. Apparently right. <laughs> Yeah, I do I am I'm, I'm sorry. I do remember that. We did that one thing and then Pat asked me to come out and do the haters tour because uh Chris couldn't for uh, sure. Sean Sean, uh Sean Sean didn't, did
1: not
2: Yeah, like Sean it. didn't want to do it. So,
1: so you heard it here first. The way to join Skin Crime is just to try to kill Pat, I guess. Is is <laughs> on stage. So, there you go.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully and it seems that it hasn't happened. He won't get killed by
1: progressive areas of necrosis. Oh, dude, Bacillus coming up next. So I associate Bacillus with Gray. He's, uh, I know he's just been a long time fan. He put out a thing. So in my mind, I just when I think of Bacillus, I I think you.
0: Yeah. I I love Bacillus. It's some of the most <laughs>
1: unique American noise with uh, its own identity
0: and its you know
3: everything he does is part of that identity yes 100 like, the sound the artwork it's a whole package
0: yeah even the i, I had the uh the pleasure of playing a show with him in seattle uh in the mid 2000s and even the stage performance was like he had on a hazmat suit and sprinkled powder around the audience and like it was just <laughs> just crazy up there and it it's, it sounded so amazing, like watching him work and getting to see that live finally was really, really special. And this track is great. I mean, yes. like this is... These, these layers of static that he can create and manipulate and just all this... It all sounds
1: vaguely familiar, but completely mangled. Did he send did he specifically send two short tracks yeah, in the, everything, yeah. everything
3: he did it's was very short, short and yeah. so he had sent me two tracks and I decided that I didn't want to put them back to back yeah and they kind of just it gets lost yeah so that's why I ended up splitting them out so you have a little bit of room to breathe, and breathe. yeah
1: yeah I like that I I, I liked that it that it just kind of comes back um but yeah such such a cool track it's the perfect title because that's
2: it does sound like necrosis yes. for this this track. It just sounds like something decaying.
0: It, yeah, yeah, it keeps it keeps mutating. You you hear it and it just keeps going. It's it's really great. And then we have a strange beast, "Shafted Stingray" by Daniel Menchie is up next on this compilation. And I, I, I while Connolly may associate me with Bacillus, I associate myself with Menchi. He is one of my longest running, like, favorite noise musicians and. One of the inspirations for me to start actually making noise was hearing his '90s stuff. It's so powerful, so much raw texture, and like just dedication to craft and atmosphere in that stuff. Even like from the really harsh stuff to the more ambient stuff, he's really he's done it. And this is just a, a crazy, crazy track where sounds are coming in from just out of nowhere.
3: Oh, well, it's like one of the notes I made. Is it sounds it sounds like it's alive. It sounds yes. it's it's, this, it's this, such an organic living breathing feel to his
0: sound yeah it's the the stuff like fades in and out but it doesn't fade in the way that anyone else fades anything it's this like strange sort of kind of nebulous floating in that even when when a sound is coming in you're like what the fuck is going on there
1: and it, when it goes away and it comes back, it's, like, slightly different, but you can't put your finger on what's ah, different about it. It's no, so it's a really, good. really incredible track, a real standout track. And it really, all these tracks stand out in their own way. I mean, the way you put this together, there's just the, the 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 flow and the and the uh, different, you know, vibes that each track gives out. It's, it's such a great flow. Did you take a long time? Yes, and, I, yeah, you had to I, have,
3: The only track I I knew Smelling Quorum was going to be the first track. That was no question. Everything else is I'm just... And I played around with it. I, like, would make a mixtape and listen to it and be like, well, the transition between this track and this track doesn't work. Let's switch these around and you know I probably made at least a dozen different mixes before I finally decided like to go with
1: this one when well, I was gonna say it's a little different back in the 90s when you have to make different tapes now you can just drag and, and it, listen to things here yeah, and there you a, actually on, sat down and made yeah. tapes Dub it onto cassette track by track did most people send you things on cassette is that how um, you got it
3: by then I'd say a, a few of these tracks were DAT. yeah um, most of the Japanese had switched over to DAT by yeah. then. I'm guessing Menchi probably sent me DAT. But other than that, it was probably a lot of cassettes. I believe the Ugula Thor track was DAT as well. And probably, yeah, well, hyperventilation is Japanese. So that would have been DAT as well. But.
1: So you were able you just kind of. Yeah, I guess I guess it it is such a different process, just everything back then.
0: You get you get a record
1: emailed as files. Yeah, it just, that's
0: it now. But there's no yeah. And again, yeah, it's to do a compilation. You just drag the songs into an order and listen to it and go. Oh, that doesn't work. It's not the process of kind of like auditioning the entire thing doesn't even need to happen. You can just kind of check your transitions and get a feel for yeah. it.
3: Oh no! No, ma- mastering this, I had to basically rent a studio that had a DAT, bring my DAT down, and plug it in and then do you know copy it over track for track wow Cause was, how else would you do it from that to that
1: it, it seems back in this time I mean you must have just been completely submerged in the world of noise I mean was it was it just it was an everyday thing it had to have been at, at this time for yeah you. Um, when so when did that so when did it become really a full time thing in your life when you started self abuse or it, it was probably uh, just not immediately after right
3: because I, I mean I never really expected self-abuse to be more than just a little thing I did for myself right um, the we were talking about the, the sweet music compilation really kind of kicked things off because I when I actually sent out requests and I actually had like people like people were getting back to me mm. and I was like wow it's, yeah <laughs> you know like of all the of all the tracks on sweet music like the illusion of safety track it's like, because to me, they were a fairly, you know, that them and mersbau were two really, in my my views, really big names. Right. And the fact that they actually sent me something was just like, wow, I can do this. Oh, that's cool. It's, you know,
1: you just, you ask somebody and they will deliver. Yeah. And so that, you just got bit by the bug and then that yeah. was it. Oh, wow. But so like, you know, was it, was it truly, I mean, were you just getting, you guys are just trading tapes, writing letters to each other, probably just just nonstop stop at that time oh
3: yeah I mean I'd go to the mailbox and there'd be like a stack of letters and I'd spend half my day handwriting them back
1: that's so awesome wow that is so so sick
2: I was really psyched back in the day I think it was right around when I met Patrick we were introduced by a mutual friend um and he knew that I was doing some stuff and he asked me to be on the sweet music cassette and that oh, was wow. just like sort of like really cool to be involved in it yeah. at that level
1: you know, it's just really pumped that you asked me to do that. Did you have one tape deck? Did you have a tape deck <clears> tower? How what was your dubbing style? I think I just had two tape decks. Yeah, there was a time when when we were getting very into the uh, these tape deck towers. Then, great, you had a pretty pretty big tower at one point. Yeah, I think
0: me and Diloy had a like a ten unit tower in <laughs> at one point.
1: It was absurd and didn't really work that great but uh yeah how many copies were you doing of tapes back then 50 less more sometimes
3: more depends yeah. on the tape yeah. i mean sweet music i think i did 100 copies and i
0: actually sold them fairly quick wow yeah murder's bound illusion of safety on it. yeah <laughs> so you were on sweet music mark there's no uh, i mean aside from the OVM and macrobolio there's sort of no other east coast new england noise on here was there a scene going on were there other bands that that you were playing with what was it what was it like in new hampshire in the mid 90s for noise
3: um non existent really
0: <laughs> i mean there's a few bands that could probably be classified
3: as noise rock mm-hmm. out there but but i mean it's it's hard to say cuz i mean i'm sure there was stuff going on that beforehand
1: that I was not aware of. All right. But here we come to OVMN. Yeah. Optimum volume. Maximum noise. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I mean, you're just, you're right in the, right in Romer's world. So when did you get in touch with Romer? I, I've gotten in touch with Joe
3: very early on. I think somebody possibly ron was like you got to talk to this guy he lives and breathes it like you do
1: yeah i mean i definitely think of you guys as you know you you know you work together a lot especially back yes then. um so was it just you, was it just again letter writing sending stuff back and forth to each other
3: yeah or talk, yeah.
1: a lot of talking on the phone oh right. oh, yeah, oh yeah yeah now this is this is
0: ovmn is there a reason it wasn't Macro or some other rumor-related thing. Just what he sent, or
3: that's yeah, what he sent. I, he could have sent me two tracks. He might have sent me a macro track as well. I don't remember, but I think at that time, because I think at that time he was starting to focus more on OVMN than macro nympha, because like '96. This is probably right about the time Roger moved away. But again, I could be right, right. the dates. And I would love one of the, I would love to know some of the sources for that track because that was when you know a lot of the Joes just like cutting up and mixing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can hear some of the classic ma-
0: macronym for junk noise going yes. on in the
3: background. But some of the other stuff it's like. Who the-
0: what is that? Yeah, the feedback on it's really nasty. I swear there's a, there's a vibrator
1: going. I it's all it's all just slammed and crammed in there and they yeah. just like keep trying to cram more stuff in there. It's <laughs> the classic mom savage just in the red yeah. sound. And of course the, the the title is just just classic uh, especially the the parentheses part she crushes my mind. I just <laughs> I love that so much. Um but yeah so I mean you you put out a you know a decent yeah. amount of macro stuff. Yeah. Uh, the set the murder 7-inch the classic intensive care, a couple other things too. We'll be talking sure. about intensive care. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so like when you did when you worked with someone like Joe, who you were you know friends with, what was the process? Say say, intensive care. Were you like do a CD for me, or was it he sent you something and you're like this is this should be on a CD? What was? No,
3: I had requested it, and mm-hmm. I mean he spent intensive care like the title is part of it is he spent so much time mm. working on it like literally dozens if not hundreds of edits you mm. know he would listen to the track and i'm going to add something here i'm going to remove something here cut cut paste cut 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 until he was had it right yeah it took oh it was a long time coming
0: <laughs> but he wanted it to be what it was yeah i mean that's a that's a perfectly worked harsh noise <laughs> CD, so it it
1: makes sense the amount of care that went into it and of course he put out one of the legendary skin crime cassettes and it's great because it's in that it's in the oversize, in seven, seven inch, inch mailer box yeah, yeah. well
3: it's, you know Joe wanted to go back to the full extensive packaging yeah. old style Mother Savage painted collage, throw everything in the box you can.
0: There's some everything yeah. in that box.
1: Yes. And, and you, guys, you guys, I see you guys as, you know, kind of the you guys filled up tapes. That was, I love that. The tapes were there, you filled up that C60. You filled up a C90. You know, there is you, you there is I there don't wasn't know, like, a shortage of noise yeah there wasn't a shortage <laughs> in the 90s yeah. <laughs> but was that was that like a conscious decision or was it just kind of like well, tapes are 60 minutes so that's what we, we do w- like,
3: why leave blank space at the end yeah yeah
1: yeah um, but I think it's great I think the long form really gets you it just kind of sets the atmosphere for that long and you I mean I mean, your guys set last night. I you guys could have played for two more hours as far as I was concerned. I was I was in no way I was no way ready for it to be over. And that's we were. <laughs> <laughs> Done. So, so then coming up next we skip over the uh the Atlantic and get some Evil Moisture. Which is
0: uh titled as if it's three tracks, but it's one it's one kind of grouping of tracks. I couldn't tell any distinct split. On it. it has one index on the CD, but it's compressed air hostess scud squad ear bomb. Were those meant to be separate tracks, or was it that... could just be a long title? It's hard <laughs> to
3: say. It's hard to say with them. Oh, absolutely, yeah. it's like, where does one track end and the other
0: begin? Where does anything happen in this? This is a just a confusing, weird mess of noise and tape collage and L-
3: listening sounds. to this. All I could think of is like. Why did I never release a K2 Evil Moisture Split? Oh, I, Dude, yeah. Dude, that would wow. have been... <laughs> yes. Why? That's, that is,
1: like, the most obvious thing to have done. Yes, both masters of the stereo <laughs> and the panning and just the... I mean, they sound completely different. Totally. But they have that something that makes them the same at the same time the demented panning stereo what the fuck is going on feel i could picture bolus like grinning while making this listening to it i could just i could just
0: see i
3: i
1: i i I wrote down playful yes having fun and you can hear it in the the, you can hear it yeah Yeah. and he would do it again a lot of comps he would do the thing where the collabs would be him in one speaker and another being you know, abandoned in another speaker, and so like he, you know, he that would have been, World Noise Federation. Yeah, yeah exactly, absolutely, man, shoot. Well, you know, maybe it's not too late. but Maybe we can uh, <laughs> go back and make a K two evil moisture split.
0: And so this this CD was also released with a, an edition of a hundred in a Manila envelope with pasted on cover, and a a booklet for all the like artwork from the bands, which is uh, really cool, uh, a neat thing. And I I got a copy of this way back when and the centerfold is this insane evil moisture logo collage that is made out of like gynecological instruments and it's almost <laughs> For unreadable <women>. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's it is just an absurd looking thing there's a bunch of great and weird art in here but this one this one just stands out it's the centerfold on a white background and just
1: evil moisture that, so cool I also love that too about the 90s mm-hmm. comps how you, you know everyone gets a page or two of art you know in the booklet well, that, that's
0: why I did the special
1: edition
3: yeah. is because that what used to be you'd get a compilation with a big booklet of art and information
0: not too much info in this one though just yeah. some, some art <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it, it's, it's well, a pretty well, the psilocyst pages have there's lots of text on those
3: well I believe the actual CD booklet has everybody's
2: contact info
3: yes. on the
0: inside yeah, yeah everybody's address in there yeah. proper style
2: there's an absolutely hilarious interview if i remember correctly with andy in banana fish yes i don't know if that magazine still even exists at any rate but i probably have most of the co- early copies anyway. oh yeah but a lot
3: it's... of them you used to be able to find
1: online i don't know if they've oh yeah? way but yeah it, it... Again, anyone—if there's anyone out there listening who is unfamiliar with banana fish, make it a point to go seek out some of those. That, that was the way I found out about a lot of people back then. Yeah, banana yeah, fish definitely. and Beltbreaker for me were
0: really, yeah. really big magazines. And the first, the first four issues of banana fish are collected in a like a paperback book. And I think you can find the rest of the issues as singles around, and they're they're super important.
1: Yeah. So we're heading over back to Japan with some Third Oregon. I love Third Oregon.
3: I never understood why he is not more well known than he is. Because to me, he's always been like the top tier. He's as good yeah. as anybody else. Yes. He just never seemed to reach the attention he deserved. Right. He. He. It's, it's since... and He's been around for. He was.
1: He's been around forever. You look at some of those first tapes he released, and it's. Yeah, he was right there in the yeah. 80s you know he did a lot of stuff with on gray wolves label too yeah. he was kind of the noise guy that they kind of put out a lot of and i think it's cuz he was heavy in the synth uh the synth stuff um this but, track's
0: really just kind of wiry and twisty like going just snaking all over the place sort of really really uh a lot of sharp
1: sounds and weird oscillations i like it it's like an empty cockpit is there, is there a guitar in there i couldn't Might, tell. yeah there, there was a lot of sounds i was just like what is what is happening um the yeah. sense of
0: space is interesting too it, it comes up front sometimes and then the others it was sounding really just distant and kind of in the background but still having its presence
1: and you did so you you did multiple things with third organ right you didn't you wasn't it isn't there a crank sturgeon third organ split cd or who is it it's third organ somebody hermit that's what it is third organ hermit uh split cd um and would would that have been on solopsism that was or was that self-abuse it's a three-way split oh okay
3: it's because they had they they, they had contacted me because they wanted to do the split and i've been doing a lot of cds at the time Mm -hmm. they weren't really uh you know i mean eric travels all the time it's hard for him to do anything so Mm -hmm. they kind of contacted me and I was like okay yeah we'll do it as a three-way we'll all pitch in I'll get it made and we'll split it three ways
1: cool and then yeah because at some point you kind of branched off with the Solopsism uh uh imprint but I what was what was the decision to kind of separate Or, or what I mean what in what did you see as the separation I guess well, I like the idea of like the C, you know, more you, with the
3: CDR, you could do a, slight, a limited run because back, back then, the minimum you could get pressed at a CD plant is a thousand. Right. Period. You know, it's not like today where you wanted to get, you know, make a hundred CDs. There are people who will do it. Right. It's like the minimum you could do is a thousand. Right. And I like the idea of being able to take more lesser-known or more experimental or stuff that kind of might have fell outside of the norm and do a smaller run Mm -hmm. and when I first started the label is I paid like well over six hundred dollars for the my CD burner at the time (laughs) and blank, blank discs were I mean if I bought them bulk would average about four fifty five dollars
0: a piece
1: <laughs> so doing a cdr back then was was it a was, big yeah. undertaking wow
0: <laughs> so you you burned all those yourself one at a time
1: yeah and i mean color printers at the
3: time were ridiculously expensive as right. well it's not where you you can you know go get one for 50 bucks yeah so you just going it in was a key- like a massive
1: investment to start that up Going into the Kinko's, copying the Eye Strain CD cover. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so, so this is an edition of a thousand. Music should hurt. Yes. Wow. So any any of the CDs you did then would have been that, like the like the intensive care, like the proper the the yeah pressed CDs. right. Right. Yes. That's great. Well, there's definitely copies of this out here. So I'll I'll go ahead and just plug it now if. Anyone out there does not own Music Should Hurt. It's a mandatory own. And you should get it directly from the man himself, who says he still has a few copies. You gotta go on Discogs and sell her skin crime. So let's sell out Music Should Hurt. Let's sell it out. Uh let's sell it out this week. I think that's I think that's the goal. Music Should Hurt <laughs> is gonna be out of print by the end of this week. By the a week after this episode comes out, they're gone. And then you can listen to this Bacillus track, the second one on the CD, <laughs> in your very
0: own car or home.
1: <laughs> another great Bacillus track. This
0: is just so good. Actually, when we decided to do this compilation with you, uh, I the the first thing I did is took this in my car and was listening to this <laughs> city while driving around. And it's a it's a nice one to have with you, blasting loud with the windows down. It's just starting to get hot here in uh, Los Angeles, and it's just all this nasty noise and Basils, of course this one's a little uh, less dense than that first piece and a little less distorted but somehow still has his fingerprints all over it
1: yeah it's a super super killer track did you did you do anything else with bacillus i released a cassette yes. okay yeah right 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 yeah so good and then the next track, hyperventilation. So this is an Alb side project, correct? Yes. Alb. I say I think I say it differently every single time I say it. I think I mostly say Alb though. What do you say? Alb. Alb. I hear other people say Ob. What do you say, Pat? Uh usually say Alb. There you go. <laughs> and and uh, you know Alb, rest in peace. Obviously, we uh, all revere his work, and you did you did multiple things with yes. him as well. Um, when did you get it, when did you start uh, getting in contact with him
3: i contacted him i think the after the 7 inch that ron released was my first introduction to him um, and i was just blown away by that and
1: immediately contacted him yeah I think he has such a distinct style. I yeah. And I mean, you and just, I mean
3: I, 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 as soon as I heard that, I immediately contacted him and I was like, I want to release a CD. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> and that's the, you know.
1: And you did. Yes. And it's one of the, one of the classics. Yeah, he's such a distinct sound, such a cool concept for everything. And it's
3: like, was. I was with the hyperventilation. It's like, I wish he had done more I mean, his 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 own work is amazing, but it's like everything he did in collaboration, where it was him processing other people's sounds, you know, like the four the four temples or no the three temples. the four the, shrines.
0: The tape with him and Les M. R. Hog. That's or the CD. I think it was a tape and then
1: reissued a CD. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah, he he's a he's a a, a great collaborator. I agree. It would have been nice to hear you know even more. This one,
0: it seems like uh, whoever he's playing with, it's is playing bass throughout the thing it or does is sound like possibly, possibly. Yeah. possibly yeah I, it's I just kept hearing sort of like the same bass guitar playing going through the entire piece but then the noise over it's so interesting and it just kind of gives it this this layer this bed to sit on
1: yeah, it really was like it really like cleared my mind it, it kind of like brought me I don't know it it was really nice actually it kind of like washed away like i don't know there's something really cool about this washed track. away the bacillus it washed away the, that's exactly it washed away the infection of the, the like the the infected like gunk of bacillus yeah i really really love that track
2: i found it was a, it's like closer to gabber or grindcore immediately when it popped in at the i was like damn i don't remember
1: this but it's great yeah yeah <laughs> it's it really has a distinct uh, uh, different sound uh, than a lot of the other tracks.
0: If you got if you got cleaned by this track, you're back in the dirt again. Oh, it's so <laughs> It is so dirty, so so dirty. This is one of the most Italian sounding pieces of noise I've ever heard. I, I couldn't help but be like, "This is just this." You know it immediately. Like I don't need to look at the track list. Whatever that shuddering kind of organ sound and the nasty feedback. It seems like the distortion source is also the microphone because whenever there's not there's vocals on this the only track with discernible vocals on it but the not very the,
3: discernible right mean, <laughs> and, and, and i'm glad
0: yeah because whatever he's saying
3: is not nice no it's definitely not nice <laughs> no but just
0: that you can tell that there's yeah. vocals but then whenever there's not vocals there's just the the noise takes over and it sounds so good it's it's this is a nasty mean-spirited track called physical abuse
1: it's not family-friendly he, they, it's such a such a great project. How did you how did you get in contact with with uh, Igloo with Thor?
3: Um,
1: I believe I've been put in
3: contact with him through uh, Paolo from She Retina Stimulus right. because they work together
1: frequently. Yeah, I love the Italian stuff. We've Gray and I have already been discussing. i it was either either
3: he put me in contact with him or i might have just contacted him myself at one point it was was pretty pretty
0: active through the through the like this era so
2: the retina stimulant cd you put out is is i remember you giving me that a copy of that when you first put it out and i was
1: that was like yes this is awesome oh totally man that's such a great one i mean the italian's such a distinct Uh, A sound from that, from from all those guys. Super looking forward to digging into some. Oh yeah. Italian. We're gonna talk about
0: some Italian noise. But here, (laughs) after the physical abuse of Thor, Japan's Pain Jerk offers up the
1: hurtness. Yeah, the man. Pain Jerk, right, man? I mean, (laughs) what needs to be said?
0: Uh, maybe some people just don't know
3: <laughs> well now <laughs> they do he, they don't because he just he's i don't know if it's intentionally obsc- i mean the people who get it know. yeah but he's uh, will forever be horribly underrated
1: yeah it doesn't matter how you know he deserves so much more i agree. gallon gravy one of the all-time top 10 noise albums one of my all-time favorite noise releases as well is the Skin Crime Pain Jerk 7-inch. That's such a great one. The 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 sc- it's sc- that screen it's screen print it's got that like blue and blue uh, no, and red it's, it's, or just the, it's offset or
3: it's the it's it's it can't, just
1: color photocopied with color ink can go so, style oh we oh like like each ink was individually yes yeah you, that, we were discussing how you used to be able to do that it,
3: i was i was fortunate that there was a great print shop mm-hmm. in town that was willing to put up with my shit <laughs> and no matter what crazy ideas i came in with And to some extent, it's like, I like it because they they, they got a kick out of it. Oh, I'm sure because everything that their their day was just like generic photocopying boring as shit. I would come in with these and be like, yeah, okay, I want it like on this, this this paper. Yeah. And I want it with like this image on this with this color. And then I want this image with this color. And can you do this? And they were like, thank God you're breaking up our day. Yeah,
0: (laughs) something different. And for those that, that don't know, or maybe a little younger, you know, First off, you used to have to go to copy shops. Yeah, you might want to yeah. might want to here.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 well, to these youngins.
0: Every, everyone knows because they love the aesthetic of the you know black and white Xerox stuff, but you used to be able to go to copy shops, and they would have different toner cartridges you could put in. So you could do whatever black and white thing you were copying could come out green on the paper, and you got so many cool-looking covers and styles out of that. You could layer the different you know different colors. That's why a lot of that, like, the Mertz about art or like stuff from your label from the nineties. Like it has that look. Yes, of like,
3: Cause that's how that was all done at the same shop. Yeah.
0: So, so cool.
3: A few of the early spite oh. seven inches, Joel drove up to n- visit me. And so I could get those done for him. Oh, oh right? wow. Like the, the
1: incapacitance uh, auto erotic Christ has. Cause it's got, it's like the green yeah, on I the yellow that. paper. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Wow. That's so cool. Spite. Uh, uh, we love, we yeah. love spite. Can- and,
0: looking King, forward to talking about that stuff soon.
1: King of the Deathmatch. Yeah, yeah skin King of the Deathmatch. skin crime tape on Spike. So, just kind of talking about the Seven Inches, just while we're on it, how many copies did you do of, say, of the Skin Crime Pain Jerk Seven Inches? Do you remember? Between five and 700. Oh, wow. So, you would yeah. do, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, that's, yeah, was 500 kind of the base that you're going to do for a vinyl? It depends. Yeah. I
3: mean it's with with vinyl pressing especially back then the cost per record was negligible. Like all the cost was the mastering and the plating and the setup charge. Then when it came to actual price per record it didn't really so the price yeah. difference between getting 300 done and 500 done was Maybe a hundred bucks, or right. probably less. might right. as well just do 500. so. Yeah, even if you're going to sit on them forever,
1: <laughs>
3: you know, it was you had them.
1: Well, we were we were kind of discussing last night uh, before the show just about about seven inches and about how important and invaluable they were back in the nineties. And you were saying just what it, it was such a different world then. It was they were the best format because you could ship one for
3: like a, under a dollar. Yeah. It would, you know, the cost was so cheap. You could sell a, you know, you could sell a record for like a 7-inch for $4 post paid. Now you can't
1: even mail it for $4. Yeah. Right. So it was a way to really get out a lot of these artists. Yeah. And and just the format itself, it's just two, you know, focused tracks, yes. which I think is such a cool way to I I think we were kind of discussing how great the old c 60 C90 noise tapes are and they are great but there's also something to be said about working within a limitation to that just brings out a, something else you know from it's,
3: it is a lot harder to record a 7-inch seven, a seven track than it is to record an hour
0: totally. cassette because every second is important yes. yeah you got to really show out to to make a stellar 5 minutes of noise especially when it's one of those things that's like there's going to be 500 700 copies it's going to get around you know these days it's you're not gonna buy a seven inch for under eight, ten dollars and then the shipping. Like they're just yeah. too expensive to make, so the
1: kind of the culture of the seven inch is, is lost, I think. It's very different. When did you come up with the idea for the murder series?
3: I came up with that hanging out with it was like I was with like Mark Solotroving. <laughs> John Balistrieri, <laughs> oh. Jonathan Kennedy, Perfect. <laughs> um, and a few other, I th- I, I, it may or may not have been with, uh, no, actually it was, Marco wasn't there, but the, a bunch of us were hanging around. And I had had the idea, Is I liked the idea of doing a series, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to try to do a monthly series. It was more, to, part of it was just like, can I even pull this off? Yeah. So, um, In just talking to them and, you know, some people might say nowadays that it's a cliche, but fuck them, whatever. (laughs) But um, it's just finding out, like, you know, that was something we were all had a deep rooted interest in. It was just like, OK, that's a cool concept. Let's 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 do it.
1: Did they come out once a month?
3: The first, like, nine or ten did actually come out on time. <laughs> wow. And, and wow. it was, like, a small delay between, like, you know, then like, okay, well, then we missed a month, and then it was, like, like, like late. And unfortunately, the last one was very delayed because the person who was supposed to do that never came through. Okay. And... You know, I kept, I, I, I held out, I kept holding out and holding out, wanting to do, you know, and then finally I was like, okay, I I got to just do find somebody else. Okay. So then I asked Tim to do the 7-inch instead.
1: Hey, so he was the last one in Stimbox?
3: Yes, that was the number 12.
1: Um, where were you where where were you hanging out with Solodruff? And where I want I just I actually wanna go back to that night and, and we so see we can pictures just, of this. So we can just out. kind of just hang out and just hear and just kinda of be around.
3: It, it was in New York. New, yeah. and it
1: was one of the shows we did with Death Pile.
3: Oh, uh, we yeah. did a couple of shows in New York with him. And so like I said, all of us were just hanging around after talking and we just ended up talking. Well, serial killers going, hey. right here. <laughs>
1: Some things never change. <laughs> um, how about Kennedy? He's he's not on this comp, but obviously, uh, uh, someone you worked with a lot, someone yes. someone we all you know love. Um, and also,
3: one of the things I like about the Back to the Murder series is it's yes, it has the usual suspects, yeah, but it also has a lot of people you would not necessarily associate with that. Like for example, like Crawley.
1: Yeah, I was yep. about to uh, say because, yeah.
3: You know that's because. Joe actually had a really large collection of true crime books, uh, which I, you know, was staying with him in Sacramento years mm-hmm. ago, and touring, and, like, oh, okay, I never, you know, that's, that's not something you see in his work, that's not something that's a part of his work, but that is something that, you know, everybody con- kind of makes sense, it's the cliche power electronics noise thing, but you know what? They don't have true crime sections in bookstores for the power electronics people. They're right. Not, there's not a hundred <laughs> forensic true crime TV shows on TV because they're catering to the yeah. noise crowd. It is a deep rooted cultural thing. Hundred percent. The Museum yeah. of Death was not created for <laughs> us.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. It's not. Yeah.
3: It's not exactly. It's, it's, it's just something it's, that a lot of us share an interest in. But yeah. a lot of people who never even don't even know this genre of music exists also share that interest.
1: Absolutely. It's it's an endlessly fascinating subject and and you guys really did hone in on it especially in the 90s and hey, I'm super thankful for it. I love the murder series is is one of the greatest series of noise classic. Yeah, yeah. And those are the great the red on the black. Yes. And uh That had to be screen printed though. That's not No. Coffee. That's Science copy. That's copy too. That's wow. Awesome. Wow.
0: Yeah. I've always thought those were screen printed. And
3: then back to the craziness yeah. we were talking about doing seven inches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the first two murder seven inches, the all four of the quad rotation out box set, <laughs> and one other seven inch that came out around that same time, all at the pressing plant at the same. Time. Oh wow! Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> we they were all ready, and at the time it's like you know the shipping cost. But the plating was like it, if you do, it's the same as if you're sending two or three as it is one so yeah, yeah. it was like getting all seven of them done saved me probably two hundred dollars in shipping costs <laughs> yeah. so it's like are they ready why not do it all oh, at once so wow. cool. but getting seven shipments of seven inch records <laughs> you know averaging well the alps i did the outbook, the quad rotation box that I did a thousand of. Them. Oh,
1: so you
3: so four thousand of those <laughs> through, you know, two hundred and fifty of each of those. Mur- the murder seven inches, and I forgot. I, I don't remember what the seventh one was, but those all arrived at my house on the same day. <laughs> UPS hated me. <laughs>
1: I have two of that out box
0: set, and that's. I can't imagine having a thousand of. them. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you did you work out of your house? Did you have a separate office or anything? Was at, it all at just? it was all yeah. out of my house yes um so speaking of the murder series leading into the next track if i'm not mistaken um the, the murder series was then taken by someone and created into an album called abusing the little ones yeah that's correct and that person would be none yeah. other than Emil bolio <laughs> so coming up next we have the macro bolio track uh so it's obviously a collab with with ron and, and joe Yes. and we were that
3: came about because i had sent joe either a rough mix of the cd or i it was probably a rough mix of the cd or maybe a handful of tracks asking his opinion and he on his own remixed the emil bolio track oh, okay and i don't know if either of you picked it up <laughs> but you can hear Bits of the track that follows it that we will discuss in a Yes, mixed, exactly. Mixed in with the track. That's yes. why I chose, that's why those two go back to back as they sort of almost lead into each other.
1: And <laughs> and we, while we were listening to that, we were all just pretty much in stitches yeah. uh, laughing. Because you just can't help but have a smile on your face when when you hear Ron's <laughs> voice. I mean, it's just, you know, that didn't hurt one little bit. Now get it. I mean, that, that's Ron right there. Classic so no, we definitely have to talk about you and ron you know i you know new england i think of you guys as just you know brothers in arms uh when did when did that when did you guys start
3: i've known ron going back to early 80s yeah oh wow yes so i mean more just as that was the place to buy records
1: so you would actually go to go to Triple R every opportunity I had yeah. wow and then this is before you were making this is before yeah, actually up.
3: I had been I think I got I went to Triple R right when he first opened the store because before he had his original location he shared a space with like a comic book dealer mm-hmm. and another collectible type dealer We I with some friends had been there, Mm. and we we went down there and we found that place was closed. But thankfully, there was a sign saying like, "Oh, you know, Triple R has moved here," and then we spent like a half an hour driving around the hellhole of Lowell trying to (laughs) find the address because it was on like one of those little side streets that Uh we did not know it existed. You could just drive in a circle
2: around it and completely miss. <laughs> that was the 101 page. One, yeah.
3: one,
1: one, page that's Street. one the classic address yes. that's on. Is it you know, what is it? Is it one fi- fifty one? One fifty one. Yeah, yeah I knew. Uh-huh. the
0: address that's in this this So state.
1: what? What year would have that been? Oh, roughly. Do you, I mean eighty four? Wow. So eighty four Triple R opens its own thing. You're and you're just right there. Yes. Were you? and this is before you were making noise or
3: or when you maybe yeah I mean I was making it for myself right I wasn't any
1: really trying to do anything with it was he one of the first people you showed uh stuff to or Uh,
3: yeah I mean I the the first recording I ever did I'm
1: he's definitely one of the first people I gave a copy to right um I don't know what was what was I don't know what what was it like back then I don't I don't even know how to how to really ask I mean what what was your? I guess what was your guys' relationship? Did you? Uh, I don't know. Were you just making well, Ron, noise? I mean, was it was it submerged in noise? Was uh, it? No,
0: I mean, like Ron.
3: Ron has always
1: been supportive of
3: everybody. Yeah, He's, and you know, I mean, I was a, I was a fairly regular customer, so we obviously, you know. We'd go in. I we'd shoot the and like I would always like every time I went, I would always you know I I look through I'd pull stuff out that were interested, but I was always like give me a record, right. You know, find something, give, throw just something that something new that you
1: you know just give me something. I'll pick something for me. I'll buy it. That's awesome. And was it was that a, was Triple R a, a big influence in starting self abuse?
3: Um, or no? I had one.
1: I had actually like. <laughs> wanted I liked the
3: idea of doing a record label I mean as a you know kid as in a teenager again it's you know pre-internet days where it's like you buy a if if a record came with a catalog you would spend hours looking over the catalog yeah. and it's like you know I always liked the idea of having you know
1: it's, I, you, of having a you know a record label of my own of doing that and then and then make then turning it into a distro Was that did that just happen that just naturally well, hap-
3: yeah that just happened because a lot you know it's like you you send you, you send a copy and somebody's like oh yeah I'll trade you twenty copies of the, my seven inch for your seven inch and then all of a sudden it's like well I've got all these f- other records and it slowly just balloons yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like where did my space go yeah like,
0: <laughs> speaking of reading catalogs we actually uh, in one of our Patreon bonus episodes we did the uh, Merzbau MSBR Seven inch that was a split release with the uh, on on uh, self abuse and yes. holy savage and. My copy has a, a self abuse catalog in it, so on that we actually like read the, yeah, the catalog that came bit. with it and talked about the releases. Wow.
1: But to me, I love to me that most the two distinct noise catalogs are the self abuse and the triple R catalogs, but they're both so different because the triple R catalog, you know, it's 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 you know obviously the format and the triple R look, but then the, but then the self abuse catalog is just Times New Roman <laughs> font on paper, or at least a lot that I've seen. But I love that. I love the simplicity of your catalog that was just like. Oh, cool! Here's just like awesome list of of legendary tapes. So we got Killer Bug coming up next. Heading back over to Japan.
0: Brain Police besieged Parkside Corp. Yes, <laughs> there's a joke there uh-huh. for people
3: who know what Parkside Corp is.
0: I think if if they have the CD, they could probably do a
1: little looking and figure it out. Yes. <laughs> This might be the harshest track on the on the CD. I think if if the word harsh is appropriate to be for this track, I think it was just a brain melter. Well, it starts with that that just ridiculous rock and roll.
3: That's uh, the brain. That's blitz. brain it's blitz, a, Yeah, it's a Japanese punk band. Oh yeah. I I'm wish not, yeah, I'm not I familiar. could remember the lyrics because I mean he did tell me the lyrics at the time. It's like a protest, you know, type song. Okay. fuck the establishment basically <laughs> I'm sure with the internet people could look it up yeah yeah
1: yeah um, but you worked with Killer Bug you know another one you worked with more than once yes uh, did he get in contact with you yes
3: he contacted me early on and sent me some of like the early tapes he did
1: mm. your wife is mine one of the great titles of all time yeah <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this is just a complete insane.
0: It's a mess. It starts with uh, with that that uh, good old rock and roll, and then it it turns into harsh noise, and then the the brain police keep cutting back in over and over towards the end. It just keeps.
3: And then you know, there's going. That, that crazy metal junk guitar yes. at the end that just rips through
0: everything. I could, I could hear the room he was in from the sound, of like the feedback and stuff, you know, like you get that, that just that certain tone and I could hear, I could hear that track being made. It was, it was kind of cool. It
1: transported me. You, you never went to Japan, did you? No. Man, that seemed, it seems crazy. It seems like at some point you would have made your way over there. I should have. I Swam just, or something. It's,
3: no, it's, <laughs> it's more just not wanting to make that long the journey. <laughs> right, it's a long. It's like, it was. I'd, lo- long. I'd love to go, but the travel. It's that traveling bit. That right, in right, the
1: way. right. We're so happy that you did travel across the country this week, though. So you can be here and doing this with us. So that road. But yeah, that it seems. What, what, what in your estimation? I mean, you know it. With, with the Japanese artist it was such such a huge thing I mean was that was that something were you immediately drawn to the Japanese guys or was it were you keep were you
3: not at first well, okay I yeah mean, it's they had their own style that's yeah.
1: for sure but
3: I mean when I first started when I first started getting into like whatever you want to call the music okay. it's the the straight out harsh stuff wasn't my main focus okay. I mean I like A little bit of everything, and Mm -hmm. it took me a little while to kind of fully inundate myself in the pure noise aspect.
1: So, did you did you kind of come from maybe like nurse with wound kind of area, or you? I guess you know what was the kind of progression to get to the point where you're you know putting out pain jerk.
3: Um, a little bit. There was I I was lucky enough that living where I was, I could barely get in on like the low band of the radio mm. the, the WJUL out of Lowell mm-hmm. had a one weekly experimental music show oh, and it cool. did focus more on like music concrete type stuff or just strange music they didn't play a lot of like the super harsh noise mm. um so you know as soon as i discovered that i listened to the show constantly wow. And you know like yeah like I said I would go to Ron's I buy a little bit of stuff you know I was some of the stuff I was still listening to I'll, like I kind of like needed a little bit of a musical bit to it mm-hmm. a little bit with like you know instead of just being pure noise but I mean I listened to a little bit of everything mm-hmm. you know I just wanted something different I wanted something unique I wanted something to sound that sounded like nothing I already owned
1: yeah Well, that that makes sense to me because to me, skin crime is very much, I mean, last night's set would be a perfect example. I mean, it's, there are movements and there are, you know, to me it is thought, it is laid out in a way that's not just, you know, turn everything on 10 and go from there. You know, you guys obviously have, have direction and have some sort of overall, you know, loose structure. Or not. I don't know. You're laughing when I'm saying that, so maybe not. In my mind, every single s- sound you guys made last night was purposeful. So.
3: Oh, yes. I mean, we don't just fiddle with I ideas. I guess that's what I'm... Yeah, yeah. Make it, see what comes out of it. Yeah. Mean, Speak yeah. for yourself. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, we'll see who's laughing Uh-oh. in a minute as we come to hanged man's orgasm. Oh, man. Strangulation fetish. Uh, so, Pat, I have a question. Yes. The fuck is going on on this track? Oh, dude, it was—it's so creepy, dude.
1: <laughs>
3: that I'm—that was basically recorded with like one microphone in the amplifier and no effects. <laughs> it was done multi-track, but there's nothing else going on there. It's so nasty,
0: organic, rubbery, fucking.
3: And that's sort of like gross. yeah, that's, it's it's me trying to do like a noise track as HMO. I mean, it just got
1: under the skin. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was truly like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, like the track on this CD is
3: like nothing else that HMO has done. Mm-hmm. The seventh murder series seven inch doesn't sound like this track at all. It doesn't sound like the early tapes at all. It doesn't sound like the most recent tapes at all. None of it really sounds, to me at least, the same but it's all got that underlying like aesthetic and the fact that it is just like manipulated sound as opposed to just like, you know, electronically generated sound.
1: Right. And, uh, g- great recent, uh, collaboration with brilliant, uh, LP cassette yes. unknowns. So, so good. Um, but you kind of do get that tape manipulation of if I, if I'm, if I'm it's been a minute since I've listened to Desecration, but I, I I in my mind there's some kind of tape manipulation stuff going on that one. Maybe I'm maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but but maybe but since that was maybe the first skin crime maybe it maybe was bleeding over.
3: Oh no, the first the, the, there's a lot of tape raw tape <laughs> mm-hmm. manipulation on desecration. Yeah. A okay. lot. Yeah.
1: Physically. And that is the first game crime, correct? Am I right? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Legendary. Although even te- technically the
3: material on the prenatal cassette mm-hmm. predates desecration, but it's like that, that was just like, okay, these are some early recordings I had done yeah. and I'm going to compile them and release it as a, is it's own release, even though it's pre it's older recordings that came out after.
1: So you, Skin crime always just has those great titles. Just right to the point prenatal eye strain. So good. <laughs> and then we finish things off here with... I mean, we were literally pretty much like in tears laughing at this uh, minute and a half outro here that is... Very quotable. <laughs> by, by, the, by an unknown artist. By an unknown artist. I can't figure out... I just can't put my finger on who it was, but it's someone just, uh, you know, kind of letting you know that that didn't hurt one bit. You might, you might think when something's supposed yeah. to hurt that it should hurt, but... It didn't hurt one little bit.
0: Well, it's not. It's a. It's a bonus track. It's not listed on the (laughs) back here. So this
1: this unknown artist is actually just
0: what the discogs entry at. It's kind of a little little obvious who it is when you you
1: hear. No, not to me. Not to me at all. I can't figure out who it is. But I love the way this CD though starts and finishes. I mean, it's it, it does have this great. Beginning and it starting with the just just nasty porn sample from Smell and quim and then coming coming uh finishing up with with this uh, little spoken little spoken track. It's the beauty, the joy, the comedy, the savagery of noise yeah. all,
0: all encapsulated in one disc. Yeah. Um Oh man, what a what a comp. So you didn't ask anybody who really did any sort of droning? work this was this was supposed to hurt
3: yeah no i mean the previous the previous compilations went back to like you know in the old days compilations could be every spectrum i mean there were a few specific sounds but you could have everything mixed together like we were discussing before we started recording the stinky horse fuck yeah one of the greatest comps i mean that's all over the place yeah totally And, and you know you have no idea what's coming next
0: yeah, I mean, you look at a lot of the comps in the '80s and like some of the stuff Ron yes. was doing, and you would have like a minimal synth band and some tape collage and a drone, and then like someone just playing violin, and then harsh noise, and then back to some, you know, some of that it had kind of Everything
3: random. had it been like compartmentalized and classified and whatnot, and so this, yeah, this was supposed to be the, the, the this was
1: you know to do a specific harsh noise yeah
3: compilation
1: but even but even here you know kind of like you're saying before things became compartmentalized i mean there was it did seem to be more of there's a th-
3: more to harsh noise than the one thing yes i mean it, yes. It's, it's
1: it's it can still be a broad
3: genre that you can still do a lot with it i mean you know Smellin' quim sounds nothing like Mersbau, sounds nothing like bacillus sounds nothing like menci sounds nothing like evil moisture yeah sounds nothing like Emil bolio yeah but they all can be together and hurt
0: (laughs) (laughs) was, when this came out, were there other comps that were sort of focusing more on the harsh stuff? I mean, you said you, you kind of thought that compilations were done, so you didn't do the, the
3: there, second. There probably movie. was. I mean, it, it seemed like a lot of people, it just, just seemed at the time a lot of people were putting out compilations. Mm. Um, like, the soundtrack for The End of the World is, I think, that like, when that came out, there was a um, surprise, you know, more interest than this. Okay. Because it was maybe because it was broader, maybe because it was newer. Maybe because there wasn't so much out there, but at the time this was coming out, I mean, I, I'd have to look to give you titles, but there seemed to be a lot of more noise, whatever you want to call it, compilations coming out, and it kind of reached the point where do we really need another one?
1: I mean, for 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 me personally, the, the compilations were so so important. It's when how you, you discover exactly. You know, I've, I've again one that I probably every single episode of reference, but the Japanese-American noise treaty meeting, I just went down the list and was just like, these guys, these guys, these guys. Surprised you weren't on that.
3: I was just not in contact
0: with Relapse.
3: But you uh, were on a Relapse comp, though, correct? Yeah,
0: the Release Your Mind, I believe it was. Yes, yes. Well, and Bill from Relapse is thanked in this CD, right?
1: Yeah.
3: Bill actually was, he was in somewhere in Massachusetts recording... Mm-hmm. Uh, with whoever his engineer at the time was, and he actually, they were like it was down to the wire for "Release Your Mind," mm-hmm. and he wanted us on it to the point where he drove an hour and a half north up to my house to pick the dad up
1: no way oh that's awesome because it
3: was, they, they, they couldn't even wait to like they didn't even have enough time to wait a two days for me to mail it to him oh wow so that's how dedicated he was at the time
1: that is a great that's amazing bill driving to pick up the track yes. that's how much he needed skin crime on it and yeah that's for sure i mean that's it's a, it's mandatory that's i'm sure a lot of people first saw the name skin crime on on that comp
0: a great thanks list in the special edition of this thing with
1: uh, a lot of the people on the comp
0: and usual suspects and, you know, Marco Corbelli and Cogitano. Um And then at the bottom, there's a big fuck you goes out to Dutch East India for being the worthless, worthless motherfuckers that they are. Yes. <laughs> what, what
3: happened there? They were, I mean, they were a fairly big distributor at the time, but they became notorious for just not paying you for anything. It, you know, for a while, you would just have to call them up and be like, hey, can I get that money you owe me? And maybe after two or three phone calls, you'd finally get the check. But then it became less and less frequent, and then finally they just stopped paying anybody and shortly went out, out of business. Uh, so I'm sure I lost quite a bit of money. yeah Obviously, I was enough to, like, throw that on yeah notes. amazing.
0: That... <laughs> We don't have to put that in if you don't know, it's just curious. I don't care. Okay.
3: <laughs> Let their feelings get hurt, whatever. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> well, wow, man. What a, what an, what an honor and to it's, listen.
3: If you go through, the, 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 there's a lot of names on that list that might not mean to anything to people these days, like Donna Clem. She ran Artware, which at the time oh. was like a, a huge, huge... Distro label oh. everything in Germany, and she got my stuff all over Europe.
1: One of the first uh, noise tapes I ever got was the Sudden Infant Tape on Artware. Yeah, the Smash Can, nineteen ninety three, I believe it was called. Jimmy Johnson from Forced Exposure. Forced exposure.
3: Yeah, the Forced Exposure. They did really. They helped, They bought a lot of my. They They really supported me early on. It was like you know I could put out a record and they'd be like, Yeah, send me a hundred copies. And they would sell them, and they would actually pay me for them.
1: It was wonderful. <laughs>
2: that was also a great zine for oh, yeah, yeah. the oh, yeah.
1: years that they did it. Yeah. It was awesome. Wow. Well, man, what an honor to sit and listen to music should hurt with the man who put it together. This is really cool. With uh, the, like I said, the two two of the core members of Skin Crime, after having witnessed their just perfect set last night thank you for bestowing that upon the city of Los Angeles thanks for having me. pleasure pleasure to come come here having a blast and uh, I don't know music should hurt too apparently it's uh, (laughs) compiled and I don't know I guess we'll just have to see what happens but like I said I'll buy the first copy yeah uh, we expect and demand everyone who does not own a copy of this to buy them directly from Pat and let's sell that out and uh, who knows, maybe that'll, Maybe that's what's needed for a, a second volume. All right, thanks. Um,
3: give me motivation to drive up to my storage and get the rest of them.
1: There you go. <laughs> we, are, we expect you guys to do that. Thanks, thanks a lot.
0: You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon subscribers. Thanks so much. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com noiseextra noise extra. Find us on Instagram at noiseextra or on the web at noiseextra.com. extra.com. One E in all of those. We're also on Twitter at noise extra, but with three A's. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.